Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad doesn't actually like Taylor Swift Shaker, I am Matt Wright, and together <laughs> we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Can you hear me well? I can't tell. Oh, yeah. No, I can, I can hear you it's just good. fine. <laughs> good, because I'm not going to talk much this episode. <laughs> Unless I have to talk but about Taylor Swift. That's I was, was, was going to say, that'll be a weird change for everybody in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, we would, well, first and foremost, let us thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that we drank during our episodes. So it almost sounds like a prayer before every episode. Yeah. Let us thank the old gods and the right. new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we make our sacrifices and drink to the gods. <laughs> uh, shells up. Bullet. 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 I've like had two meatballs in a day. Like this could end very poorly. I had a pretty awesome apple a little bit uh, earlier today. It was quite nice. <laughs> well, that's that's nice. <laughs> Are we talking about our food? <laughs> Go for it. Well, so I'm Adam, by the way. Hi, guys. Well, I was getting to, I was getting to that. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm eager. Come on. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I, f- I forget who my guests are sometime yeah. and how most of them are more narcissistic than me. 100%. Yes. So today we have on Adam Freeman, uh, who is a very good friend of mine and of Muhammad's. Uh, and uh, he is a communication expert. He has spent most of his adult life that he wasn't in trouble with the law, um, (laughs) learning how to be a much more effective communicator. And when I was in trouble with the law, learning how to get out of it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, uh, Adam and I actually met, I was at a Kava bar that shall not be named. (laughs) I was at a Kava bar that shall not be named. And I was working on editing a book I had just finished the first draft of and the name of that book for anybody out there curious is can you keep a secret and on the cover of this notebook that i had it in because i was bored one day and i had a sharpie is i drew like fake caution tape on it and wrote like top secret all over it and not just like little drawings of it it looked like something that you would see like held the secrets of area 51 like it was seriously detailed like don't even look at this thing <laughs> yes it was <laughs> that's because i was very bored fair and uh so we um so i was sitting next to him and i was i had it sitting there and i ordered my kava and he's over there hadn't spoken to him at all didn't know him from well, I was going to say I didn't know him from Adam, but that kind of doesn't work. <laughs> I didn't know him from Steve. And <laughs> and uh, he just looks at me and he goes, so um, what's in your book? <laughs> and I just started laughing because all over it, it says top secret, do not open. <laughs> 
See, for me, that's that's like the cure the, or the pure indicator of I have to I know. have to know. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I'm going to ask. Completely understand that. <laughs> you and I are the same when it comes to don't push this button. Yeah, I'm going to push I'm the gonna, button. Right, I'm pushing that button. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, it's a book I wrote. It's called Can You Keep a Secret? And he's like, oh, you wrote a book. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually my second book. The first one's called Dear Jack, Diary of an Addict. You can get it on Amazon. And He'll probably give you one before you leave. He's already got one. Uh, you can have that's another a sore one. Subject. That's a really <laughs> sore subject. <laughs> I do already have a copy of uh, Dear Jack, <laughs> and I've probably finished about 70% of it in two years, two and a half <laughs> years. To be fair, that 70% happened in like 30 days, dude. Like I really Right, took it's off just running. those 30 days are really <laughs> spread out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh he, I was like, "Oh, it's my second book." And then he said, "Really? Well, I've always wanted a book written about my life. Would you be willing to do that?" And I said, not for free. (laughs) Exactly. Verbatim that. (laughs) And he said, no, I'll pay you. So I was like, okay, great. So we sit down and we start working on his book. And uh, we agreed that we were going to, he was going to pay me for every chapter. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a fantastic chapter one. I mean, it's. It's mint. It's really good. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's really good. Like it, it's, I put it up in like the upper echelon of the things i've written <laughs> and i still haven't gotten paid for a hundred percent true uh into that there's like so for my professional career i see the value of having a book right yeah i see it for lead generation i see it for for building my business and getting clients um but at the same time there's that tick of the of narcissism in me that says you know i also want like a biography i want something that is like my crazy story which is is my life yeah um so it's been a, a constant struggle of deciding what that is and this and chapter one is sort of combination it's a combination of the two it's a good juxtaposition of both mm-hmm. and uh it's the stuff i wrote in there if you didn't know adam like i didn't know adam when i was writing it <laughs> I would have thought it was all fiction. Yeah. And now that I've gotten to know him a little bit more, I think he's downplaying a lot of the stuff that I put in chapter one. <laughs> Very possible because now you've learned a little bit more about me and we've opened up and gotten a little bit closer. <laughs> so you're willing to you're you're willing share to share deeper. those extra details. <laughs> but yes, it's um it was, uh, yeah, the chapter one's great. Can't wait to write chapter two, but I'm waiting on a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> you should remind me more of that. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> Is that possible to remind I, you more of? Anything's possible, Matt. You just got to put your mind to it. You, know? <laughs> you just got to be in my face about it. Literally. <laughs> Not I, just my ears. My, my figure, my, the way I figure it is, is that um, you want to have a biography about you written. So, and if you go anywhere else, you know, I just won't talk to you ever again. And Fair. Right. And, and so uh, eventually you're going to pay me for chapter one and <laughs> chapter two will begin to get started. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Progression. That, that whole 30 days thing, it's just really far apart. Right. Just days. very far apart. <laughs> it's all right. Luckily, since we've met two and a half years ago and I wrote that chapter two and five months ago, <laughs> 
a lot of things has happened between us. So yeah, so, I think you could pick up the back half of the uh, half of the biography pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, I wouldn't say as crazy things, but there's definitely some memorable moments. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely been some things that um, I don't think I would write down in a book anywhere. <laughs> But it was also really fortuitous because uh, when I met him, I was roughly eight months sober. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was three years and three months sober. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Some. Yeah. Matt checks out. Yeah. Works. <laughs> so anytime that I started struggling with the sobriety, mm-hmm. um, I would call him. Yeah. And I'd be like, dude, all I want to do is drink. And he'd be like, no, nah, don't do it. <laughs> well, wow, easy. Your, your logic is really sound, Adam. <laughs> and he's like, "No, you're fine. You're good." <laughs> and then one day, one day it got bad, and he was out of town, and I didn't tell him I was thinking about drinking. Mm-hmm. I, I left that completely off the table between us, and yet he found out. Yeah. And he just sent me a text message. He sent me a text message, and he said. If you do it, I will come back and kick your ass. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well. And, yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing. It's because, like, I didn't really go through in my sobriety. Like, I tried a lot of the different programs and treatment stuff um, unsuccessfully, actually. Um, and it wasn't until the point where, like, I made that cognizant decision to, to actually change for the better myself mm-hmm. um, to do that. So, like, it was the same with Matt. Like, <clears throat> It wasn't this like, hey, you know, I'm going to help you walk through these steps and I'm going to help you, um, you know, get clean and and stay sober. It was just like this camaraderie aspect of it of, hey, I'm doing this. You're doing it. You know, we could do it together. Let's just do it together. Yeah. I think that's the original idea behind a lot of like AA and stuff like that anyways. Right. Yeah. Just trying to find people to help to help you when it gets hard. Right. Yeah. They've they tried putting me in uh, in group meetings or sorry, group therapy for my depression, which isn't really the same as uh, AA stuff, but it's alcoholism. the same concept. We we call it alcoholism yeah, yeah. or addiction. Yeah, addiction. yeah. <laughs> addiction because it it let's be honest, it stems a lot further than alcoholism. <laughs> so what would you what would you tell somebody like myself that has refused to go through with group therapy because I don't trust anybody? Yeah. So so here's the here's the biggest thing. Um, like it's either. I want to say that it's um, Napoleon Hill, but he says, and you're going to have to fact check that. I'm sure you guys are going to get some crazy hashback uh, from from wrong quotes. Uh, but he says, you become who you surround yourself with. Mm. And I am a testament to that in my life, um, coming from a crazy, less successful background, a family of, of, of individuals with, with no track record, right? Just mm. very stagnant. Um, so, like, having learned that, um, I, I believe it and, and I've seen it work for me. So I, I like that. However, whenever you go to a uh, an AA meeting or a group therapy session, you're surrounding yourself with people with the exact same issues and challenges. Mm. Um, that's really good for accepting that you have those challenges and that you're not alone, but making progress in that and actually growing beyond those challenges and, and, and participating in normal life. Um, you got to surround yourself with normal people. Mm. You got to surround yourself with people who are on that path and ready to, ready to help and, 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 and work with you on it that are understanding. Yeah. 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 You need to find the motivated people that want the same things and that are 
working toward bettering their future and not just being the stagnant, just I'm okay where I am right now. Like if you want to progress in life, you need to be around people trying to progress. Well, I think a lot of us are, uh, it, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but like a lot of like veterans, especially male veterans, uh, we like, we know, like we know what the problem is cause we've been trained to know what the problem is in general. Um, so we know what it is in our life, but we don't want anybody to know that we're suffering sort of thing. Yeah, you don't want to show no, that, that weakness. No, absolutely not. Like yeah. one of the biggest things that I've come across my entire life, because apparently I did not know this, but when I was younger, when I was um, nine, 10, and you know, I was a regular church goer because my parents drove me there <laughs> and they wouldn't leave me at home alone because I liked playing with matches. Um, it all makes sense. <laughs> uh, my my mom actually told me this uh, about four months after I quit drinking. Uh, she said that somebody at church, and I don't remember this guy's name to save the life of me, but somebody at church was also an addict, and he had been through the program and all that kind of stuff. She said that he came up to her one day when I was like nine, ten years old, and he said, you need to keep an eye on him because he's going to have issues and he's going to have problems and he's going to, uh, he's going to be an addict. Mm -hmm. And you know, my mom, as much as she doesn't want to admit that she's like me, she has that narcissist in her. Like, there's no way there's anything wrong with my child. My child yeah, is perfect. Matthew, yeah. Right. Exactly. And I mean, she's close. I mean, this is as close to perfect as most can ever <laughs> hope to get. But and this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she told me that, and I was like, wow. I mean, that wouldn't have changed anything if I had known that. I still would have done everything I did, because mm. why wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, that's like – so I, I don't think like – I go back and forth, because I don't think the knowledge of addiction would have changed anything for me. Um, however, with my son that turns a year old in – like less than 10 days on the 15th. Um, I, I want to educate him on that. And, and there is a history of it within my family line. So I want him to have at least the knowledge that it exists, but I don't expect that to protect him from it. You know right. What I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it won't. The only thing that yeah. can protect him from it is himself. <laughs> exactly. And, and he has to, again, make that decision to do it. Right. But on the good note, as of today, Mm -hmm. September 7th, which is also right my now. dad. Yeah, today, right now, uh, which is also my dad's birthday. So shout out to dad. Happy mm -hmm. birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Uh, as of today, I am three years sober and I have not had a drop of alcohol since September 7th of 2014. So you just had a lot of drops of kava. And lots of drops of kava. <laughs> <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely flooded with kava yes was that was that by uh design that you stopped drinking on his birthday no no what <laughs> so what happened was it's uh, a pretty good birthday gift though it well I, that's what i was thinking i was like well, no, well not okay. for him yeah, not for <laughs> oh dad. okay yeah, yeah. Not for <laughs> he he lost his drinking buddy yeah exactly um, yeah no that's uh, just a cruel move on your part <laughs> how dare you <laughs> so it's it's actually pretty funny because uh, September 7th of 2014 was the opening day of football season. Mm -hmm. And I had gone down to one of the bars down here in Gulfport to watch, uh, the Rams game mm -hmm. because I'm a 
long-suffering Rams fan. <laughs> and I don't even know what. Yeah, that means. I know. I know. <laughs> I, Adam's not a sports ball guy. Not at all. Not even in the slightest bit. Yeah. The the Rams are terrible. Always, always terrible. Like most sports. Like worse than the Bucks. Terrible. Right. What, he he doesn't understand oh, that yeah. either. <laughs> Come on, Mohammed. <Right. laughs> so I went down to watch it, and I knew the bartender. She was a friend of mine, and still is. But uh, she she gave me a they they would sell these mini pitchers of beer, and she gave me one of the mini pitchers, and I was like, cool, thanks. And I was like, oh, do you guys have the Rams game on? And she goes, yeah, it was on one of these TVs. And she was looking around, she goes, I don't know. And the owner came over and goes, oh, yeah, nobody was here to watch it, so we changed it to this other game. And I'm like, oh. And I was I was hungover from the night before. It was a weird night the night before and also a weird morning that next day. Don't need to get into that, but I'm certain <laughs> that you can probably figure out a lot of yep. that. <laughs> so I was like, he was like, yeah, we didn't have it on. And I was like kind of upset about it. And I was just like, man, this sucks. And so I finished that picture. As one does. Right. Because, yeah, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to drink all of it. Mm-hmm. And Cat uh, was like, do you want more? And I said, no, I can go home and not watch the Rams for free. And I came home and I was broke. I was broke, broke. I was like... Uh, I Muhammad would, broke. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was Muhammad broke, so I didn't even have alcohol here at the house, which I did not plan for that. <laughs> and I came home and I was just like, "Well, I guess today's the day." And I just haven't had a drink since. Good on you, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if Salty's had been showing the Rams game that day, your life would be totally different. <laughs> completely <right now>. different. <laughs> Completely different. Like I, I would still be drinking today if Salty's had been showing the Rams game. My sobriety happened much more dramatically in a fiery crash. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I laugh because I know the story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's cool that I could laugh about it. You know what I mean? And and it does make me who I am today. Um, and it, it just, I do constantly like think back about like the craziest things that i thought were okay that obviously were not okay and that you know present adam would never do again um nor would future adam um and and it's (laughs) 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 and and it's just interesting to to think back about some of the stuff that has happened you know what i mean so yeah uh i like hearing the stories about yep just ran out of alcohol and never drank again because that's a lot friendlier. <laughs> yeah, it, it it got really rough about six days in. Yeah, when I got when I finally got another paycheck and I was like, I could just go buy beer, whiskey, or go to a bar and or like literally any place because everywhere sells cause alcohol. Everywhere <laughs> sells, yeah, exactly. But yeah. It was, uh, I'm, I'm overall, I'm very glad that it happened. And like, if you are friends with me on Facebook, uh, you probably saw my post, but the relationships that I've created since that happened have been a lot stronger than the ones I had before that. That's my, like, of course that's minus the, the very special few that are in there, 
which I have many very great friends that I drank with throughout my entire life. But, you know, the ones that I've created since then, they definitely hold a special place inside my heart, except for Muhammad. But (laughs) (laughs) he invited me to like the Taylor Swift page. And after that, I was done. Did you seriously just bring up Taylor Swift? Well, finally. That's a nice segue, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) No, you, you still don't get to talk about that. No. He invited me to like a music page that I don't want to like. He also invited like everybody to like this music page. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't invite me. Well, oh, oh, well, uh, Facebook communists. Thank you, Matt. That's because you already do. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) That's quite possible. (laughs) The Facebook communists uh, blocked me because I was abusing the feature by inviting too many people to like her page. How many times are you going to get blocked on Facebook? I don't know. Well, they're just blocked from the feature. See, I have this um, to grow like my web page. Uh, my buddy showed me a trick. If you're trying to Spam. grow a new web page, no. <laughs> um, Spam but here's so. here's a tip: if you need it, and anybody listening, if you're trying to grow like a new web page, and you have a lot of friends, like in the Liberty Movement, we have a lot of friends with a lot of other friends. So it works better for a lot of, of political type stuff, but local does too. You. This new page, you make your friends with large friend lists um, be analysts on your page, which means they really can't do anything. But if they invite their friends, it'll show up as Adam Freeman invites you to like the muddy, his page, The Muddied Waters of Freedom. If he's just an analyst? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like me sending it or him sending it, and people are more likely to pretty much course, say oh yeah. it's his page or whatever um so yeah so i went to taylor's page and i oh so the, there's an app called invite all um and it'll invite it'll just keep going and inviting and i guess facebook, yeah facebook has a Everybody. new thing now where it doesn't like abusing features i guess i think it started from the purple bird by the way um because people kept spamming it too much, and I think people got blocked from using the damn sticker, which was pretty funny to me. Um, you <laughs> know the purple were... bird, right? No. Oh, people spammed this fucking thing he, on that He page. was off Facebook during the Trash Dove era. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Facebook also um, kicked me off Facebook for a little while because I refused to, to send them my social security card. Oh, to um, prove who you are or something? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that happened to Tho Bishop last year. I don't know if you were friends with them when that happened. There's like, a whole free uh, throw campaign going on. It was like a, a month long period of me going back. Like I literally created like a photoshopped ID that said Facebook ID and um and and like put a picture of it and it's like I'm not gonna send you my private information to do that. And then uh, inevitably they did switch it. And <laughs> if you do see me on Facebook, you'll notice that my last name is still spelled wrong. Yeah, I saw and, that. And they did that. So they were so concerned with um, you know me verifying and proving the spelling of my first name mm-hmm. um, that whenever they they canceled it and they reactivated, they actually misspelled my my last name on there to themselves, and I can't even go in and change it on now. purpose. Uh, I I don't know if I it was like a it... spiteful thing from <laughs> Facebook, but I, I think it was just a mistake on their part. Huh. Um, but they've taken away the ability for me to actually change my name. Yeah. And and that's the same name, by the way, that I've had since it was like beta. Yeah. And and I've never changed it. And you see people with like these crazy Facebook names and stuff on there too. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah I see a bunch of them and it's like, there's no way that's your real name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And symbols, it, smiley faces. Yeah. <laughs> 
And and Adam got busted for A T O M. Right. <laughs> Tell us more about her majesty, because you were in her presence a few years ago. I've never met Beyonce. <laughs> oh <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew. No. I am not a fan of her. I know. Yeah. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really want me to... I waited on Taylor Swift once. Like, Isn't that so cool, guys? No. What I think is really funny is Matt, and I was on board with this, was gung-ho about not letting <laughs> Muhammad talk about Taylor Swift. I know. And now he's he's done it twice. I know. <laughs> well, dude, um, I, know, I know I haven't told you this before, but like, obviously I'm a big metalhead. So my music list on my phone and my computer is all heavy metal and Taylor Swift. I just like her. It's almost like she's my guilty pleasure, I guess. <laughs> my attempt to broaden my musical taste outside of heavy metal because it gets annoying to some people that only listen to heavy metal. So you pick so Taylor you, Swift. So you pick Taylor Swift to throw in there. It's a blonde with a cat. That Those are my top two favorite things. I love blondes and cats. <laughs> I'm a big fan of cats. I like blondes. <laughs> my own demise. <laughs> <laughs> so I can I can get on the same the same page with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. Also also I feel like she gets too much shit for the whole breaking up so often with guys thing when everybody fucking does it in my opinion. Uh, I don't that's just uh, that is honestly my opinion. I think she's just like everybody else. And because she's not as fucking perfect as the other celebrities that just, I don't know, gets on people's nerves that she doesn't have this one boyfriend forever, you know? I don't think she's doing it on, doing it on purpose. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't think so. I don't care about her personal life, like, even a little bit. I couldn't even tell you the last few <laughs> well, yeah, she dated. But that, I just know I don't like her music. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fine. shits about, like, the yeah. media's representation of her, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, no, that's fine, but... A lot of times, that's what people go to. The first thing is she can't keep a boyfriend. I'm like, well, fucking most of the girls I know can't keep a damn boyfriend. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Yes. <laughs> that's accurate. Uh, yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> Libertarianism. <laughs> oh, that's that's clever. Um. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So the reason we brought Adam on, having mm-hmm. libertarianism being our segue here. Right. <laughs> Thanks for that random one-off. I always do the random segues. <laughs> he always does great segues, and I'm like, it was just like so this thing. <laughs> is Because Adam is a uh, communications expert, uh, he is going to talk to us as libertarians or libertarian leaning people about the best and most effective way to communicate our message. Because most of the time, as we've all realized, I'm certain, uh, most of the people see us and we're just like trying to hammer points home. Like we can say taxation is theft as much as we want. (laughs) Especially members of the LP. Oh yeah. No, definitely members of the LP. Um, but we can try to hammer points home as much as we want. And, you know, we can say taxation is theft and people just look at us like, okay, Mm. you're, stupid 
<laughs> yeah, or re- mo- most recently in prevalent and price gouging, even I talked about it, and somebody made me realize you gotta you gotta show why you care. Nobody cares about the whole economics thing, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. Hey, I'm on one of the, the price gouging. Like, I found it really interesting. There was uh, for Harvey in Houston. Um, you know, they had a picture of a, bo- a 24 pack of, of water bottles for $42. Mm. Um, and everybody was losing their minds. And in, in my mind, I see the $5 bottle of water at Disney, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and everybody's okay with that, right? Because it's in a time of need and, and, and like you should just give it away for free or something. But in reality, supply and demand is, is the exact opposite of that. Like if you have it, yeah, you, then, then, you have that right. Yeah, yeah. And what I had to explain to like one of our fellow lefties that hangs out at one of the kava bars because he was telling me how much he hates it, and I, I I explained to him why I did the best I could. I was like, I was like, dude, I think it's, I think price gouging means you care about the people because there the you, some of these pictures came out from like different WalMarts and stuff around the state with the, these people with. Just grabbing all the water. Yeah, like seven carts. And it's like, do you need all that? Right. Do you need all that? And make it impossible for them to afford to be able to take. Nobody else is going to have any. And that's that's the whole point behind it. You know, like price gouging is good. I don't like using the term. I just like saying the price surges as the supply drops. (laughs) Right. You know, but yeah. So I, I don't. It, it, if it was twenty dollars a case, you're not going to buy that much water. You're going to buy what you need, and even the poor can afford twenty dollars for a case. That's why a lot of people are like, they can't. No, they can't. I'm sorry. Right. Like when it comes to a time and need thing like that, people are going to buy w- what they need to survive. They can. Yeah, they're not going to pay the cable bill. They're going to get exactly a case of water. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong it with that. Depends on their priorities. Yeah. The powers out. <laughs> right. The powers out like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but if the water run, if so, if like the three of us go up there and buy up all the water, then no one's gonna have water. Right. But right. we might buy just two or three cases each. You know, somebody came up. They were like, "Well, put a limit per customer," which, in my opinion, does not work, as in keeping the prices low by force and then just putting a limit. But then the th- let's assume the three of us are brothers in the same family, just. That'd be we'll really, all go. really messed up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> See, I pictured like all the mom. same mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so, so to So tell point, us, yes. Yeah, um, it's the biggest thing to take into consideration, whether it's political, um, whether it's for, for business or, or you're selling a product whatever the cause is, right, um, is it's not necessarily about the destination. It's not about the end result. It's not about what you want or what you desire to happen um, or what the other person or individuals want to happen either. It's about creating that journey along the way to help them understand your point of view with 100% accuracy. Um, And that's called storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm really excited to to be able to talk about this. It's been my passion. And like Matt said, since I was you have 29 boy, minutes, you know, I, then I'm really challenged also, because in order to fit a lifetime of it, it really passion into 29 minutes, no, I know, I know. <laughs> that's a challenge. Um, but no. So so with the topic of, of storytelling, um, 
it, like I mentioned, it's it's really about that journey. But it's not just your personal journey and your personal verbiage and your personal agenda. It's about entertaining other people into that and helping them, like I mentioned, truly understand your point of view. Um, a good example of that is like um, President Obama's uh, – all of his speech, and I've used this in some of my trainings act, uh, actually. Um, they have this very specific rhythmic tone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and it's incredible, but it's and it's not always about this is what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do versus a lot of other presidential candidates have had that um, that bias, right? Like that that direction. I'm gonna I'm gonna take charge of the country and I'm gonna make changes and all this whatnot. Can you give? Can you just give me more detail because I honestly, um, over the last few years of his. President Obama's presidency. I didn't really I, watch any of his speeches. So I'm literally just speaking about um, like whenever he was running. running oh, okay. For that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so with that, you see the you see the difference. You you see him bringing the the country on um, this journey and on this wave of going through the process yeah. with him um, versus somebody that's that's like make America great again. And that's a very direct term. It's a very direct thing, which works in specific times, obviously. Mm-hmm, of course. Um, but there's there's value to be had with purposeful t- speech. Um, so for me, as you go through that, um, as you go through that journey with somebody, if you stay away from what the end result is, and you stay away from taxation as theft as as hmm. your your driving product, and you start to incorporate what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what that could mean to other people and like how that affects everything um, with with certainty, like you're going to be able to tell your story with passion and that's going to inspire other people. So when you start to inspire other people and empower them, you're going to get them into action. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 how the mind works. So in sales, um, a, a lot of the new sales trainers are, are reliant heavily on marketing mm-hmm. um, and and that's just connecting the people that are looking for your product with the person that has the product. Yeah. Versus in sales, you have that opportunity to connect with them and actually share your version of it. So a lot of the new trainers, they say, um, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to talk um, like 30% and listen, listen the rest. Right. And in reality, that that's good. If somebody is looking for your product, that's looking for, your market or looking for your cause or is already believes in that. Um, or if they're a good debater. Um, but if not, then thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) if not, then, then you have to guide it. You have to control that conversation. And it's not in a manipulation way. It's just in a, in a sense of, it's not going to go anywhere else. If you just hope and pray that it's, it's going to lead itself down the, down that rightful path. Um, so I, I don't know, like I said, like communication is really, really interesting because it's, it's a two way street. Yeah. When, um, when I worked for the leadership Institute's conservative nonprofit in DC and I got Alabama and Mississippi, um, as the two States I was working in, um, that's when I got pretty much all of my sales experience, I would say. Um, because, so my job was to, uh, go on college campuses, find conservative and libertarian students, and then get them act- activated. Basically, um, get them doing something on the campus right. for their cause. Um, so what? So over 
like I, I, I got a lot of training with Li, which was really awesome. Uh, it's a political technology type stuff, um, like flyers, you know, and right. stuff like that. Um, and then once I got on the campuses, I had to learn about how to actually talk to the students and how to like not even try to approach, in my opinion, not even try to approach lazy people. I'm, I'm not using that in a bad way. I get it. Um, or left-leaning people that don't even agree. So I had to like find if I, if like as we had a database. A safer way to say that is identify your target market. Yes, <laughs> identify my target market. So we had a database of all college campuses in in this country and what groups exist on it. So I would be like, okay, so University of Alabama does not have a Second Amendment club. So for that day, when I'm going out to find Second Amendment people, especially in Alabama, uh, like the the South is all about guns and babies, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I would, um, I like, I like, I took my gun out of my car in Uni- University South Alabama, and on campus, I was so scared, and I can admit that now, right. like, and I, and I traced it on the paper. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shit, if somebody oh walks God. up on me, I'm right. the brown guy on campus yeah. with a gun. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I filled, you know, I filled it in. And then I wrote, um, do you like guns? And that's it. And then I just walk around with that paper, um, especially in between classes. And right. I'll be like, hey, do you like guns? And that's, I actually. That is a brave. That is a brave thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> That is a really brave thing to do. Yeah, because honestly, uh, most college campuses, even in the South, do have a lot of left-leaning stuff. Of so, yeah, right. and you're right. Um, but yeah, and, and believe it or not, I had a lot of people run up to me. Um, one time in my friend uh, Chrissy, we were at some school in Mississippi. Uh, I did the same thing, and we had three people run up to us, and they're like, yeah, there's no gun club here. And oh, it was a private campus, so we weren't okay. technically supposed to be there, right. I guess, from what I remember. But we had to do something for the day, anyways. So yeah, these kids ran up to us, and we're like, "Okay, we're done for the day." So we got their information, hooked them up, and then t- so that's like what I did basically for those four months um, is I, I learned how to talk to people and and tell them how I got to where I was because that was technically my first political job. Because people will step off from that job and do other stuff. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, I started off as the president of Young Americans for Liberty at St. Pink College. Then I became the Florida chair for YAL. And then I got this job, you know. So I, I basically told them about how good it is to, like, meet other like-minded people. Right. You know, so I guess my product in this case would be the the... I don't, the movement. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's your yeah. cause. It's, yeah, yeah it's, the the camaraderie of being around people that agree with you on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So having having the cause, like um, in in the drawing that you did of the gun, is is a good example. And, and I want to kind of like continue to distinguish the difference between sales and marketing, right? And and sales is all about the communication. The marketing is communication at a different level, less direct. Um, you're still trying to identify people that are interested in that. But it's, it's not about – conversion in marketing means something very different than conversion in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm going to say sales, but it, it means also like about um, you know, winning people over to, to the party, right, and, and getting people to understand again, truly understanding 
why it is um, you believe in the cause and, and why it would benefit or why it benefits you and helping them discover that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think whenever you draw that out and you draw that gun and you hold that, you're, you're talking to a mass of people very simply with a direct message of saying, hey, do you like guns? And they're either going to say no, mm-hmm. and some of them might still come up to you then or avoid you like mm-hmm. the plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> or, or you're going to find exactly who you're looking for in half the time, and marketing's great for that. Mm-hmm. And then once you get them to come up to you in order to, to actually have a genuine conversation with them mm-hmm. and share really solid input – um, you have to have that concise plan going forward. So I, I want to ask, how did were you nervous the first conversation that you had? Was it challenging? What was it like for you personally? Yeah. Um, so some of my days I worked with existing uh, groups, and on the days that I was like by myself doing right. stuff like that, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of scary, especially because in the beginning I'd have this t- this folded table that I. I'd walk on every campus all over Alabama, Mississippi with like a bag uh, full of books um, and some LI material and this like <laughs> table in my hand. And they also told me, grab a bowl with candy. So I had candy right. as well. So I always set up the table and just I'd stand there looking kind of awkward in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then yeah, they were kind of awkward because all the time people would walk up. Like one time, especially a black girl walk up to me and uh, on University of Alabama in Birmingham, UAB, and I was like, "Oh, God. you know, it was my, it was my prejudice, right? That I grew up with in Florida, thinking all minorities, especially African Americans, were like Democrats or whatever. But like, she was all about capitalism and all that. Aren't you a minority? Yeah, yeah, but I always <laughs> thought I, was, I always thought I was a token or whatever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was awkward. Um, until I figured out that, you know, you just need to treat people like people and, and yeah. just talk to them about what it is you're trying to do uh, or what it is they may be looking for. So one of the biggest things that I always say, um, and, and as like an actionable tip for everybody that, that's interested, um, is you got to focus first on what it is that you're going to say. Not like not like what you're going to say to somebody else, but like what you're, you're – formulated thoughts are like what your bullet points are your script if you will Mm. um and and it doesn't have to be verbatim it could just be a guideline anything but once you have like the general idea of what it is that you're going to say you're going to eliminate a lot of that fear going into a conversation because you know okay like i have some bullets left that i can exchange for with, with this right like i know the direction of the conversation um and then after you focus on on what it is that you're going to say um, transitioning into how you say it is going to make the biggest impact, right? So you could get really, really good um, conversions in like one-off conversations or, or one-to-many speaking um, if you're if you have the right messaging and, and you're saying stuff that's attractive and you're utilizing, you know, really, really, really effective, really, really, really effective NLP techniques like confusion patterns. Um, uh, and, and things like that. Right. So, so you'll be able to, to do that. But once you focus on also how to say it with the going back to, uh, Obama's speech and, and hypnotic tone, mm-hmm. and once you master that and you have the ability to truly just add incredible influx to your voice, you'll find that everybody is just hanging on to every single word as you talk. 
And and it's really interesting. That was nice. Yeah. That was nice. I like how you did that. That was good. <laughs> so, and that's the thing, like, uh, after a while, it becomes second nature, and you can really play around with it, and it becomes purposeful communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's when thing for me at least gets fun. Like I'm a nerd with it. Like I love to do that. I love to test new things, and I like to test things that people say wouldn't work. Um, and I like to make them work because I'm a narcissist and I'm better than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, and then, and then after you have like what, what to say and and how to say it, um, then start worrying about the right people to get in front of, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to mess up an opportunity with the exact person that is on the fence of, of joining the party that is, that is really considering it, but just unsure or uneasy. Somebody that's, that's maybe wasn't it and left, you know what I mean? You don't want to mess that opportunity up. Mm -hmm by saying the wrong things or taking the wrong approach or, or just turning them off with aggression and, and, and trying to force them to come, come yeah. back. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's a loud noise. <laughs> happens often here. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's breaking stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the idea. Right. And, and those three aspects are going to get you really, really far um, in any cause, regardless of what it is. Yeah, actually, I, because I'm like such a big nerd and introverted and I, I will jump out of an airplane and go to war before right. ever approaching a girl. Right. <laughs> um, I actually, I, there's a one of the channels I follow. It's called, you might like it, I, or maybe you might even know what it is, called Charisma on Command. Um, it's, it's a really big youtube channel the guy that does it is awesome but i don't he'd... follow a lot of other people because i feel like oh yeah you're a narcissist yeah <laughs> well <laughs> me anyways <laughs> the a lot of the stuff he says actually revolves around what you were just saying right. is like you have to be purposeful and not look like you're confused yeah so yeah <laughs> a lot a lot of what you were saying um i'd actually heard before not from you actually which is weird <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, there's a I don't want to call him a magician. Oh, he's like a mental like he's a mind reader. I don't yeah, know. What I don't you know. He's he's he is a wizard. He yeah. <laughs> what what he does is insane. But there's this uh, British guy named Darren Brown, and his if you watch his specials, the, there is one called. Um, I think it's called Enigma and it, yeah. it will make you feel like you're 10 years old again. It will fill you with that childlike joy because at the end of it, you're just like, what just happened? And you're just so happy that he pulled it off, but he had a show on BBC for a while. And one of them, he, uh, he found a guy in Texas and taught him how to be an evangelical preacher. And he taught him about the proper ways to talk so it's almost hypnotic mm-hmm. and what not to say or n- n- not what not to say, but rather uh, how to say it versus how not to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. And all about how the tone in what you say it and the inflection that you use and how all of that can help get people to give more money. And it was, it's amazing. It was an amazing episode 
Um, if you don't feel like watching his episodes, definitely watch his specials though, because they will it's, blow. It's totally worth it. You'll learn a lot too if if you're interested in that type of thing. If oh not, yeah, you're going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will blow your mind. It is unbelievable what this guy can do. So, and that's that's another thing too. Like so so um, televangelists, preachers, um, they're experts at this craft, right? They're expert storytellers, um, and they get you along for the ride, and they go through it, um, and and. They're not leading you through something. They're they're somewhat forcing you to experience this in your own eyes, in your own unique aspect, so that they could be telling a story that to them they wrote and, and it related to their dog watching them eat breakfast. And in your mind, your perception of the way that they tell this story creates um, uh, and fills all the gaps of your your failing marriage, right? It, it fills all the gaps of the struggles that you're having financially, but really, it's it the the source of it is nothing, and that's because you use a very generalized concept of it, and and people fill in the gaps themselves, mm-hmm. and then it, like it's ridiculously effective, um, which you know to me creates that that anxiety of you know good or evil like are you going to use this the right way or are you not going to use this the right way right um do you know that you're not using this the right way you know and and that's that's a lot to it too because some people you you guys ever heard of nlp yes yes yeah so uh for for anybody who hasn't it's neuro-linguistic programming and a lot of people for a while, it got a, like a, a negative feedback, and, and people were, were nervous of it. Um, a lot of the financial uh, sales companies, like you're not uh, like due to, to SEC regulation, you're not allowed to use it, um, which is crazy because it's literally just the study of our natural language patterns. We all use NLP every single day of our lives, whether we're doing that purposefully or not, is is a totally different story. So you know that's. There's so much that you can do with language and there's there's so much that you can do to help people and encourage and empower them. But at the same time, if you're if you're um, if you're not really sure how to do it or you're not aware of it, you could also do a lot of harm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could just be very greedy and take advantage of a lot of people, too. Right. True. Very, very true. So if. Um, OK, so. Let's say, let's not go with something as easy as, well, as basic as taxation as theft. <laughs> um, let's do, okay, uh, property rights. Property rights are the only real rights. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you were going to try to convince somebody that property rights are the only real rights, and you're going to get a bunch of people who are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking? No, they're human rights. They're ethical <laughs> rights. They're no pro- property rights are really literally the only ones. Only ones. Um, if if you were going to try to like talk to somebody about how property rights, and I know you're not really yeah as versed on this as we may be. Yeah. So you're going to sell me this pen to me, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so in order to do the utmost professional and, and best job that I can, uh, obviously I'd like to hear one of you guys' pitch first, um, just how you would do that so I can get some of the language patterns, the terminology and stuff that I don't know. Um, think of this as the product. I know nothing about the product. So let me see just a little bit about how you would convey that message, and then we'll go from there. Well, I guess I would say that uh, 
property rights include self-ownership and physical property. And through property rights, you have everything. Um, for example, um, owning owning ourselves and our bodies, um, we are able, we should be able to consume whatever we want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. We should be able to do whatever job we want without, as long as we're not hurting anybody else, especially if another adult consents to me doing that thing. For example, like being a barber without having a license to be a barber. You know, if I should be able to do that or ask somebody to cut my hair without a license. So, so for clarity, I should be allowed to cut your hair if you want me to cut your hair regardless yeah. of a license? Yeah, and that includes you publicly owning a barber shop. That's one of the things like that we would be pushing for is somebody should be able to be a barber without the government telling them they need a license, for example. Um, uh, free speech, because you own yourself, you should be able to say whatever you want. And when it comes to yelling fire in a theater, somebody owns that theater, you making that call of action in that theater is definitely infringing on that property owner's right and whoever else is there um, from from enjoying whatever they're doing if there really isn't a fire, you know? So we wouldn't need government regulation to say you can't yell fire or bomb, you know, in these places. You know, it's the property owners... Discretion. ...can say that on their own, you know? Um, uh, Also, um, owning our own property would be the best way to take care of the environment, for example, because... Um, most of us, including I would say most corporations even, tend to take care of their own physical property as best as they could. That's without obviously getting into the actual what's happening with the environment and all that. Right. But I'm talking like physically, you keep your yard pretty, you keep your, your house nice. So what if you don't want to cut your grass and you're part of like an HOA, right? Like the neighborhood requires you to do that. Yeah, but you're in an HOA. You're, so. Yeah, you, you voluntarily joined an association. Okay. Yeah. So that that actually does fall under property rights, pretty much. If you're if you're buying a house somewhere, you probably signed a contract. Yeah, you didn't to have do to something buy in like that, that in that space under that contract. Yes, right. yeah. but like last year, I believe my father uh, and I and a bunch of people dug up uh, a few feet, maybe like eight feet in uh, uh, to the width of the driveway, and threw some cement down. Uh, the city came by and made us break it all up, believe it or not, yeah. which cost my father a lot of money. Um, and I was just like, what? And I guess it's because it's technically public property or something weird. Like, Okay, so let's let's roll with that specific example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that'll help me stay guided. Um, mm-hmm. And then what is like a common objection to that outside of ignorance, right? Cause I assume that that's the only thing, mm-hmm. uh, but that's probably wrong. So like, what's, what's the biggest, the biggest thing that people disagree with on that? The biggest thing people disagree with is, yeah, it is ignorance, but people will say that the government you guys are the wrong, the wrong two people to ask that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably. Yeah. But I mean, no, I mean the most common thing that we hear is the government has to be there to tell us what is safe and not safe, which is honestly an ignorant thing to say because it's so broad, in my opinion, anyways. Right. It's, right. it's just too broad. Like, 
that's that is the only thing I always hear. The government should be telling us what to do and not to do. But, you know, and I'm just like, that's too broad. Uh, and dude, two years ago, I don't remember the state. Some uh, a young girl, a teen. Um, I think she she was a teen. Uh, okay, young woman. Um, drove off like a road somewhere and died. So her father built a barricade. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. He built a barricade, right? It was on public property. Yes, technically. He built a barricade. Not technically. It was public yeah. property. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they tore it down and he got in trouble for it. But he did it because he didn't want anybody else's daughters. Right. Yeah, and and I had a lot of people say, "Well, what if it wasn't safe, a safe barricade?" And I'm like, "There was no barricade. It, to it begin was, was going to be died yeah. there before. Yeah. It was going to be safer than the no barricade exactly. that they already and had." I, and I'm just like, "I'm sorry. I think I believe that a father that just lost his daughter is going to build a damn good barricade because of that pain he went through, and he doesn't want any other father to go through that. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So I think that a lot of times when it comes to private property we can take care of our stuff and ourselves better than the government's able to yeah and i and i feel like like we should have that right too um so first off kudos this is going to be very challenging (laughs) um but what we're going to do is we're going to kind of set the stage and we're going to role play a little bit matt you ready i'm so ready okay um (laughs) so picture this um imagine this matt you are are lobbying to enforce the city's rights for me not to be allowed to to pour an additional eight feet of sidewalk, okay? And you like I haven't done it yet. That's gonna be tough for me to get into that mindset. Yeah, that's why. But, so, yeah, so, so, so imagine this. Take it in. Okay. Pretend I'm Zach Chorus. <laughs> Pretend I'm Zach Chorus. <laughs> and and I haven't done it yet. I want to do it, and I've I've approached. Um, you the deciding maybe you're with the city and you're arguing the city's point of view okay um for that so i come to you and i say hey matt um hey adam hi Hi. listen um so i know you guys say i need a permit to run an additional eight feet of um concrete and and extend my sidewalk a little bit but i've already bought the material and i kind of feel since like i own the house um and i own the property um and i'm not under any like HOA contract or anything with the neighborhood that, that I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Okay. Well, no, I'm sorry. You're still going to need the permit. Yeah. But I mean, just in reality, you have to understand that this is my personal property. Um, and the way that I see it, this is the only right. (laughs) Uh, And, and so Again, challenging. So, in in the way that I see it, um, that it, that where does it stop with you telling me that I have to have um, this permit in in order to extend my sidewalk? Um, next thing you know, you'll you'll tell me that I'll, I'll have to have uh, a permit to park in my own driveway. Um, you know, inevitably this could expand into uh, an opportunity for for you just to say I need a permit even to purchase the materials that I, that I already have or to store the materials that I already have. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely don't feel like I'm going to listen to you. (laughs) I can understand why you wouldn't, but you would also need a permit to put a new roof on your house, even if you needed one. Well, I mean, uh, hurricane Harvey just happened at my place and I replaced the roof. No permit skilled labor. 
They just came out and did it. You didn't even know. <laughs> I just had to break in real quick and just say that, that that's the thing. Like a lot of times, a lot of rules by a lot of us get broken because the authorities don't fucking know. Right. And nobody no, gets absolutely. hurt and nobody gets hurt. And I'm just like, but the only people that do get hurt is the ones is, are the people that get caught doing it. Yeah, they get right. penalized. Yeah. So so that's where I was going with that, right? So it's like, and, and you didn't even recognize that, right? Like, it, it, nobody got hurt. No, there was no challenges right, right. whatsoever with it. I didn't have the piece of paper to do it. The roof's better than it was before. It cost me half the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, you didn't even know. So so justify to me how, how it, I should continue to file for these permits and get these permits for improvements on my personal property mm-hmm. when in reality there it, it i just do not see the value right i mean i can't i like i literally yeah. i literally yeah, I can't you, make this that, is challenging. Yeah, i know yeah, i, I literally cannot thing. make that argument <laughs> well and, and uh, uh, the other huge point about this whole conversation is sometimes it's too expensive or it takes too long to get these permits like you have to go all the way to do this thing. Like you know, you know, in some some states, not Florida, not Texas. You have like California. I think you got to wait ten days after you buy a gun. Yeah, when you could have bought the gun already, and your crazy boyfriend now. Gee, where did you learn that? I don't know. That was last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was last week. Who, who talked about that? It was uh, Yuda. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Thank you, Yehuda <laughs> Reamer. Yeah. yeah, we had we had a gun guy on last advice. time. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, well, in general, if th- th- this is just guns, if you wait right. too long to buy a gun, and there's fucking crazy people that might be trying to kill you, now you got to wait for permission from the government to let you buy a gun to protect yourself. Or do you? Know, I, I don't. I honestly do not know the answer to this question. But is there a waiting period in Florida? Mm-mm. No. I'm gonna find out soon. No, I've I've bought a gun and walked out. They they do like a they do a quick check thing and then they do another check. Yeah, it's the same as Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure, but what I did find out this week is that in Florida you cannot buy guns or ammunition during a state of emergency. That makes no sense. I know. That's when you need them most. Exactly. Just, exactly. just gouge the price and everybody's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, if there was a waiting period and you're like, oh, I want to buy, let's say on Tuesday, you were like, I feel like I need to buy a, a, a pistol or whatever. And you're, and you're like, just no. Yeah, I'll let it go. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you're like, yeah, I, 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 want, I want to have a weapon in my house. So you go and you're like, okay, I want to buy, I want to buy a weapon. And they're like, okay, it's going to be a three day waiting period. And then they declare a a state of emergency and you go back three days later to pick it up. And they're like, "Mm, sorry, you can't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, wait, we may have looters. We may have, you know, things we need to guard. Protect myself from protect myself and my My property. property. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now I don't have that ability (laughs) Because you have now taken that from so, me. So that sparks something. And I think the biggest impact and, and, and benefit and value that, that I can add from that is, is really um, talk a little bit about like non-resistance communication. Um, so 
it was kind of fun and it was a challenge. So I didn't really get a good job, do a good, a great job of expressing that. Um, but non-resistance communication is not about me saying I am very angry that I have to get this permit, you know, and, and yelling and expressing that physically or, or in Mm -hmm. any other way. Um, it's really just about approaching the situation of how I feel like think, think therapist think women, right? Like, like how I feel, I feel that it's not okay for me to wait um, and, and it, for, for a permit or, ha- or be forced to buy a permit in order for the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So by saying that, you're, you're speaking to um, the prospect at a, at a deeper level, mm-hmm. right? Um, by utilizing like sensory words. Um, so that, that gets a lot more traction. And then um, anytime that, that you get resistance, like as an example, Matt say uh, Matt tells me that I absolutely have to get a permit and and that he doesn't want to hear anything else out of me, right? Um, so I'd say, look, I completely understand. I 100% get your point of view. I hear what you're saying. However, again, I feel that there's got to be some sort of solution that we could work towards to that. Um, and then, so so what I've done is diffuse the situation mm-hmm. um, by accepting that, and, and I'm not trying to get into an argument, which is really challenging for a lot of people um, in in any concept. In 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 politics, you guys are so freaking passionate. You guys are like <laughs> like so passionate about it, not just across the board, everybody in their own party, um, and and they feel like there's that level of of righteousness, um, and 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 they want to express that, and they've spent years educating themselves and learning that so they just want to give all that information away and tell them why they're right mm-hmm. and why the other person's wrong when in reality um, you get so much more traction and, and so much more um, so much less resistance mind you if you just hear and, and accept and then say like a really really non-confrontational mm-hmm. um, body language and, and just sentence of look I completely get it mm-hmm. however and then specific words, have you ever considered? Yeah. Um, have you wondered this? You know, have you ever taken a look at it from this side? Mm-hmm. So you're you're utilizing a lot more words to paint that picture and, and really spread it out a little bit in order to, to f- diffuse the situation a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I've, I've sort of attempted to do that the few episodes now that I've always – I always talk about the, f- the, the fact that I was uh, – I'm a trained – combat medic with a shit ton of experience that goes over the certificate that I had. Right. Because that was an EMT basic, you know, and that's that's the one thing I always kept trying to explain. I was like, why am I being stopped from doing something to help people? Because I don't have a license. Right. You know, like, and I'm crazy enough to extend the whole licensing thing up to the medical field right because of my experience and i'm just like no there's a bunch of us out there that could be doing stuff and we can't and then everyone's like well there's gonna be a guy in his garage doing heart surgery and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> who no <laughs> <laughs> who's I mean, gonna go to that guy right <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> well in all fairness i did let you lance me once yeah, but that wasn't heart surgery. But it's not you, heart surgery one, and I'm capable of anything. So let's be honest, <laughs> that was a smart move on your part. <laughs> yeah, that ended up really well for me. It did. Yeah, it went great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, actually, Gulfport did this weird thing here, the city that we do this in. 
for those of you who don't know. Um, yeah, for, for those in San Francisco. For those in San Francisco. Shout out to San Fran. Yeah. Uh, for those of you in San Francisco, we do this in Gulfport, Florida. And they, years ago, they passed this law that if you... Okay, so they had an issue with people who were buying houses down here in Gulfport and they were switching them from single family houses to duplexes. And they, uh, there was a rash of them. So what they did was, since there were so many of them coming up, like so many people coming in and buying and doing this, they made a law that if one of the duplexes went unrented for a year, I believe, uh, if it went unrented for a year, you lost the right to use that as a duplex and you had to convert it back to a single family. Mm. So people who are buying uh, duplexes thinking that they're duplexes, they didn't have the right to have them as, yeah, as duplexes, as duplexes but they, were, they didn't know that. And, you know, it doesn't show up in title searches. And I know this from personal experience. Yeah, I remember when you told me the story and I, I was just baffled that, that they can determine how you utilize that property. Exactly. Like that's, that's insane to me. Right. And they were going to force uh, my clients, a.k.a. my parents, uh, they were going to force my clients to switch their duplex which was an up-down duplex. It was built as a duplex. And they were like, no, you're going to have to add a staircase between the two. You're going to have to turn it into a single-family house. And it was going to cost the... Wow, that ended up hurting people then. Yeah. Oh, a lot. And oh, yeah. there's another big challenge, too, with the utilities, too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that was part of the... That was how everything got discovered. Is right. They went to go try to get everything switched over. And they said, no, you can't make these two different addresses. And then everything kind of started yeah. falling it into place after that. And like I went with my parents and I am not the most level headed person. Fair. You, you can ask any of my exes. I am not the most level headed person. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I go on the defensive quickly and then I attack and my parents were very worried about having me go in, but I was pretty, I was pretty calm throughout these meetings and I was explaining how it was built this way. It's not like it was converted this way. And they understood and they said there, that is a flaw that is in this law that we passed. And I was like, well, good. You see that that's all right. Step one, step one. <laughs> and they ended up actually changing the law. Uh, they ended up changing the law. So uh, if the house was built as a duplex, you didn't have to convert it back to something it never was. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> but that took a lot of thought. Right. Yeah. That's what happened with the the green card thing. When Trump wrote originally signed his exec executive order on those seven countries um, that said that if you're, I guess, traveling from those countries in this country, you wouldn't be allowed to any longer. And then the courts ended up putting a stay on that because there's a lot of green card holders that were trying to get back in that were not allowed. Right. To. Green card holders, you right. know? And it's like, that's that's the issue is that a lot of times they'll people will be like, this is a good law. And then it'll end up hurting other people somehow. Right. You right. know? But, I mean, just government in general, in my mind, is cancer. But uh, they make really poor decisions, mm -hmm. and then they they fight for those decisions. Yeah, 
<laughs> with everything they got without reevaluate reevaluation and just <laughs> ride it all the way down exactly i mean the only thing that makes worse decisions than government is adam <laughs> listen matt <laughs> listen so, i'm in the middle of writing a new book and adam is a character and one of the lines i say in there is Adam makes bad decisions. Adam was famous for making bad decisions. <laughs> He's not wrong. But for every for every five bad decisions, there's bound to be like at least like a half a good decision coming. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Asking me if he could know what was in my book. Great decision. Right. I don't think I've had one since. Right. No, I mean you <laughs> I'm due. I'm due for a good decision for sure. <laughs> it's only been two and a half years. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, wow. We are we're already over time. Yeah, like this one. This one flew by. So uh, quickly, I know. Well, we're not going to have a show Saturday because we have a hurricane barreling right toward us. <laughs> to be fair, too, you were traveling anyway. I know. I was yeah. going to be yeah. out of town. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Adam and I are actually going to San Diego. One, to celebrate my three years of sobriety. <laughs> Two. To celebrate my nine years of – it's a, a nice way to put this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Forced, forced P test. Yeah, my my relinquishment of government control. Yes, that's a good way to put that. He no longer has to pee in a cup once a month or twice a month anymore after nine years. Yeah, which is an incredible relief. Um, and and that's again, I you know I've I've been sober for for five of those nine years, uh, so the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, everything has consequences with the government. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can't Actually, just have a bad day. Let me admit something real quick on the air. And this won't be a... They're not going to come and find me. <clears throat> yeah, because they, they can't they, track my IP address. No, but yeah, it, no, it would be... It's re- not like they know how to like watch Facebook Live. <laughs> stop the McGregor yeah. lies. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's going to be really funny because of what we've been talking about. My birthday is in April. Yeah. I still haven't registered my car. We did my registration yet. Oh, shit. They're here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, well, here I am driving anyways, not getting into a single fucking accident like some of my other friends. So my motorcycle, uh, obviously registration is on your birthday, December. So we're we're almost there, baby. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it sounds like you guys are wrapping it up. I just want to say, you know, thank you very 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 much for for inviting me on here. Um it was a lot of fun. I I really truly enjoyed myself. I wish I got more than 2 hours sleep last night. Um <laughs> I think I could have brought like a lot a lot more entertaining. Um Yeah, but we were having fun. So it's okay. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and also since I didn't forget to mention it, I wouldn't be that good of a business entrepreneur if I didn't. Um, but I'm actually the founder of closer college too. So if anybody is interested in learning more in depth about communication, influence, persuasion, um, sales training, um, managerial training, really anything that has to do with how to talk good, uh, (laughs) I'll definitely, um, um, 
include a link out and, and share this again. Uh, but if you just go and to... And we'll also add that in the cool. show notes mm-hmm. on our website. Awesome. Yeah. So closercollege.com or you could email me directly at adam, A-D-A-M, at closercollege.com. Do you do uh, web stuff like Skype calls and all that if somebody is Yeah, absolutely. Here? It doesn't okay. matter where you're at. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find the links for all of that, uh, muddiedwatersoffreedom.com will have the latest episode, and we will uh, include that on the show link. Uh, I believe, I don't know what we're going to call this episode yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once we figure that out... Yeah, it'll be up. You guys already know. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll share it. By the time you hear this, you've already read it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, again, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. Uh, you can pick up these fantastic shirts on our website, too. Uh, Adam has one. I do. Muhammad does not. Oh <laughs> my god! Soon, <laughs> I even I even wore mine to you guys' biggest fan base. Uh, I saw. Yeah, he wore. It's pretty awesome. He was wearing it in San Francisco. <laughs> I had people coming up to me left and right, dude. They're like, "Oh my god, you have a Muddy Waters of Freedom shirt." It was crazy. I That's felt like awesome. a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know we're going out of town for Irma. What are you doing? You're you're here. Yeah, might be behind the bar at Low Tide Cava Bar. You can come and find me there, 10 p.m. on Friday and Saturday Damn nights. Right, because Low Tide's losing half of their employees to evac- forced evacuations. <laughs> yeah, to, to evacuations, not like the actual hurricane is taking them. Right. <laughs> the 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 forced evacuations going on. So we uh we're hiring outside help so we've got <laughs> muhammad coming in you should be able to buy that shirt then huh buddy <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> i should be like the celebrity fucking rotating bartender just show up at the different coffee bars and sling coffee to people i think people would like it i think I, so I, I got heckled last time i'd love to get heckled at all the coffee bars <laughs> i'm certain that's not a hard thing for <laughs> people to do Uh, if you are in Florida this weekend slash next week, be safe. Don't die. <laughs> yeah, don't die. Like, remember. Also, also very important. You have this thing. It's in your kitchen. It's got a handle on it, and um, if you lift the handle or maybe turn the handle, twist it, uh, water comes out, and <laughs> you don't need to worry about whether or not Home Depot or Walmart or anywhere else has water mm-hmm. because you can just use that. Um, and if you're worried, they're like, oh, that water's dirty, boil it, and then you're fine. So It's not dirty. It's not dirty. I mean, maybe. I grew I up drinking water from Egypt, so. I, right. I mean, <laughs> I drank the water from the tap here for years before people were like, oh, don't do that. No, like, <laughs> what? Okay. Don't do that. Now you just do it with the lights off. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just run it through a Brita filter and it's fine. (laughs) But uh, yeah, just be safe uh, during this. The city doesn't make our water safe to drink. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) You you would think that would be. What are all those permits and and everything for? (laughs) Damn, are we gonna? We're gonna extend the episode and talk about (laughs) Flint, Michigan. (laughs) No, no. So anyway, Flint, Michigan. (laughs) 
Um, I'm pro fracking, by the way. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I am too. Yeah, I'm not against it. You can say my line when it's time to end. Right. What? He's never listened to the end of it. I have, but let's be honest. Dude, like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Right. Where we're going. Because I didn't eat breakfast today. It's, yeah, but it, where we're going. Right. Well, we're not there yet. But, well, but, but when we do get there, yeah, right? That's, where, that's wherever it is that we're going. He will going? look at you, right? And you will know. Right. Well, where Where are we going? You just say where we're going, and then I know. But where? Well, we don't need roads. <laughs> where we're going? Wow! No, we're still you're not. Still, you're looking at me. I know. But the, I he know. said. He said he's gonna look at you, I know, and I, I look know. over, and your your fucking little <laughs> eyes are staring right in mine. I, I apologize, but we still have to okay. do a last bula. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not against that. <laughs> so, again, thank you to Low Tide Kava Bar. If you want to see Muhammad behind the mahogany, actually, it's concrete. If you want to see Muhammad behind the concrete, uh, he will be there tomorrow. Tomorrow? No. Friday. Saturday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Is it tomorrow? Friday, so Saturday. Thursday. Yeah. We're leaving tomorrow. Okay. He's going to be there yeah. tomorrow. Help me buy my shirt. <laughs> yeah. He, he, will, he will be there this weekend. Uh, from 10 o'clock till 3 o'clock. Um, again, be safe. Thank you, Low Tide Kava Bar. Thank you, Adam, for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Also, thank you for being a fantastic friend and the oddest, craziest, weirdest sponsor probably ever. <laughs> yeah. Shells up. Bula. 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 Again, thank you all very much. Please like, please share, please comment, please tell your friends, please tell your family, please tell your enemies. If you really, really hate them, make them listen. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>